Grab your free Slurpees and welcome to the Resistance Broadcast, everybody. We are the podcast for StarWarsNewsNet.com. Uh, it's 7-Eleven, so I believe they still do the free Slurpee day on 7-Eleven, as far as I remember. Uh, you know, there's a lot going on in the world, but there's something comforting about knowing that 7-Eleven is still willing to give you <laughs> free Slurpee on July 11th. But we're here to give you our takes on Star Wars news, so thanks for joining us. I'm John, that's James, that's Lacey. Uh, we have a good show, because we are running the gamut. We yeah. are going to be talking about a lot of the main upcoming streaming series. Uh, Kenobi's done. <laughs> it's in the past. We talked to Natalie Holt. If you missed that, check it out on YouTube or the podcast feed. We interviewed the uh, delightful composer from Obi-Wan Kenobi uh, this past Thursday. So we hope you enjoyed that episode. I took a lot away from it. We hope you did too. Uh, but let's just uh, move forward. And the next thing on our eyes is Andor. So it's going to be a big Andor week for us on the podcast. You guys mm-hmm. fired up to... Uh, to turn the page, so to speak, and move on to the next series that's coming up? Absolutely. Absolutely. I was going to say, James is the most excited for Andor, I feel. I, yeah, I, uh, I, I just, I, I got to say it. I, I was like, once we decided what we were talking about this week, I went back and I rewatched the trailer, and I was just like, I'm so pumped. I'm like, I can't <laughs> believe this is happening. Right. It looks so good. Anyway. Yeah. I have a lot of faith in Tony Gilroy. John likes it just because Tony Gilroy wrote it. <laughs> well, th- something about that guy, and there's also something about people who aren't like so attached to Star Wars that happen mm. to sometimes make the yeah. best Star Wars. We um, walked out of that panel at Celebration, and the first thing you said to me was like, Tony Gilroy, wasn't he great? And I was like, I mean, that's what you took away from that. <laughs> I think the most of that was that he yes. was excited that he doesn't care about keeping secrets and stuff. That, and also, he speaks with a level of conviction. We'll talk about it, but mm-hmm. yeah. you just feel like this, it just feels like this project is on firm footing, and we can't say that about every Star Wars project that's in production. In it just made me laugh, because so. we walked out with, like, you know, cr- Kenobi premiere tickets, John Williams, all this stuff happened, and I walked up, and I remember, because you guys sat separately from me, so I walked up to you guys, and you were just like, Tony Gilroy, am I right? And I was like, I mean, <laughs> yes. Was that the main panel, the Thursday yeah. panel? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, we were all in different spots. I was in press, you were in, like, the special person, not special person, <laughs> you are in the <laughs> VIP area. I mean, I am a special person. I was in the right, VIP. you're very special to all of us. Yeah. And James was... uh in the balcony or somewhere. Yeah. I don't know where he was. But James got we were that all there. sick picture of the whole arena. That picture yeah. was yeah. legit. It was, it was like when the characters are split up in Empire Strikes Back. We're all in different spots, but we're all Which in the We all had to I? go in our own journeys yeah. and then we had connect our own again yeah. at the it next celebration. Cool. <laughs> yeah. We were not expecting that to work out the way it did, but it worked out for us. And we won't get into any more details beyond well, that. But people have been asking if we got tickets. We did get tickets. Yes. Oh, we yeah. We're going to Celebration in London. It is uh, less than nine months away officially. <laughs> so that's crazy. We have our hotel. That we have our tickets. Crazy. So we just have to buy flights, yeah. which are crazy. So yeah, we'll yeah. figure it out. Yeah. And people have been asking us already, are you guys doing meetups? Are you guys going to do live podcasts? Meetups for sure, you know. Um, but live podcast to be determined. Uh, that's that's based on going to be based on a lot of stuff. But yeah. we'll keep everyone always up to date on what we got going on for sure. Um, but let's get into it because we have a pretty packed one, James. Uh, so I hope you drank your tea with honey and got your vocal cords ready because it's time to get into our first segment, our first catch of the day. Mm-hmm. It's the resistance. That was a terrible transatlantic uh, <laughs> accent. Well, that, that's from it's from Empire. Our first catch of the day, which is, which has always been weird to me that like if you think about the context fishing. of Star Wars, it, it always made it seem like they were catching rebels like all the time or something, and it kind of doesn't <laughs> yeah. seem like that is the case anymore. But right. let's get started on the news this week, guys. Um, the first one is going to start with a little bit of light and magic Mm -hmm. as we got our first uh look our first real look the official trailer uh coming out uh for the show that's going to be dropping on disney plus here soon 
And uh, if you don't know what Light and Magic is, it is a documentary, a six-part documentary that's going to dive into the creation of Industrial Light and Magic, which is a special effects studio created by or started by George Lucas. And uh, this particular uh, documentary is done by who? Who did it, John? Uh, the greatest of all time, Lawrence Kasdan. <laughs> ben Kenobi? By... <laughs> yeah, produced... Obi-Wan Kenobi did this. <laughs> yeah. If Made Lawrence Kasdan wanted to be a Jedi, he'd be the greatest Jedi of all time. Yeah, but yeah. he doesn't want to be. Uh, Light mm-hmm. Magic is directed by the legendary Lawrence Kasdan, right? Uh, but it is also executively produced by the great Ron Howard and mm-hmm. Brian Grazer. So yeah. uh, this is uh, kind of a big deal if you are interested at all in Star Wars and just general special effects uh, because an ILM is the premier special effects studio for Hollywood for decades decades and decades and decades um john how much of this uh trailer did we see you know what are your thoughts on this particular trailer and what we saw at celebration so i remember seeing a lot of the clips from i don't think that they showed the trailer because i don't remember hearing journey in that panel um, yeah but i kind of very was caught off guard by that and as soon as i heard it it took me out of the trailer i was just like i was I, it was it was a very like it didn't fit to me hearing Journey. It was that. weird. Yeah, but it's I still I still like the trailer just because you know, just like the panels. I think the panels started off with the exact same way the trailer starts off, which is that clip from George Lucas saying like, you know, whatever he says about you know Star Wars is special effects or mm-hmm. something like that. Like you know, and the, the 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 minute you see George Lucas, and it looks like a relatively recent interview with him, or at least over the past year or two. Uh, it's always good to see him. Um, being back in his happy place, which is, you know, 40 years ago. Um, so I, I enjoyed the trailer. Uh, I think I, because I was at the panel and I saw other clips from it, I didn't get the same impact, uh, from the trailer on me as maybe other people did. So it's hard for me to say like, Oh man, that trailer, you know, blew me away and stuff. Um, but it did get me excited as, as the little, like, you know, uh, appetizer reminder that it is coming and uh, I, I'm very happy that th- this was made. It's exactly being made by who I would dream it would be made by because um, I don't know how many people had a chance to... I don't think that they streamed this panel, right? They so did I not. Doubt, I did no, not yeah. see it. So, I just want to let people know, you know, Lawrence Kazan was supposed to be at the panel and he couldn't because he got COVID. Um, so, he's got, you know, he's got to be better by now. But... Um, just his, the theme of this documentary from his perspective and, you know, how he told this story because everyone, a lot of people know the popular anecdotes about ILM and stuff like that. And, you know, if you watched Empire of Dreams, everyone can spout off the the trivia bits about ILM and how they made certain things for Star Wars back then. What this, I think what this documentary is really going to do is let us know the people better and sort of the ragtag cowboy renegade team that Lucas put together almost sort of like a Star Wars group like you get all these different characters of different walks of life and stuff like that and you put them together and it turns into something special um they were sort of like and, and I believe they say that in the trailer mm-hmm. um that you know we were the rebellion you know they weren't hollywood people they didn't know much about what they were doing and Lucas put them together. This is so genius. Lucas put them together because they didn't know their limitations. Like they were ignorant to the limitations. So uh, they were able to just, you know, when you, when you like teach, they, they say like you learn the best when you're like a kid. Because when you're an adult, you're like, oh, well, you know, that's the best I can do because I know that that's the, the bar. But when you're a kid, you don't know. So you just try your best and sometimes you, you learn faster and you, you succeed on a higher level. It was sort of like that and that's very charming and endearing and knowing that their hands were molding the clay and they were putting the models together and they were setting up their shots like they their DNA is ingrained into the original Star Wars movies and you feel it coming off the screen and just hearing some of them talk about it uh, and things like that just it just makes me so happy. Um, but my main thing that I'm really happy about and excited about you know as a dad and, and someone who likes the idea of passing things on to generations is the theme that that Lawrence Kasdan made for this to tell this story 
was based on his grandchildren and how he's getting them into doing things like stop motion and stuff like that. And the idea of no egos sharing and and trying to boost each other and not competing and by collectively doing that, everyone gets better. And he said he liked the idea of allowing his grandchildren to, you know, use their imaginations to think and come up with anything they wanted to. And he wants to like bring that sort of feeling back, even though we're in this world where like we talk about a lot on the podcast, they're able to, you know, with unlimited budgets, unlimited technology, think of something and boom, it exists. I think that takes away a little bit of the artistry and the the, the way you need to be sort of like, um, think of creative ways to make things happen. And I, I think they, they're, they're trying to bring back that sort of spirit and that artistic um, way of, of collaborating and creating something special. So, uh, the trailer was, you know, good. I enjoyed it. I, it, you know, reminded me of a lot of the moments from that panel. I know a lot of people didn't get to see the panel, but I, I can't say I can go on like for a half hour about how excited I am about this. And uh, I don't know, like whether we podcast, do a full podcast on this documentary or what, I I would be able to talk about it forever. So I'm just so excited to to see what comes out. And when is it? July 27th? Did mm-hmm. that, is that the date? Mm-hmm. So it's a little a little over two weeks away um i just i cannot wait to watch this thing dang that's crazy uh lacy what were your thoughts on the trailer so just to preface this i didn't go to that panel i ended mm-hmm. up giving my ticket to someone else because i was like you know what not everybody got to go to panels i'll give my ticket to someone uh that being said i'm gonna make one little critique and it's not about the trailer <laughs> This light and magic poster, which, by the way, I love it. I think it's great. The setup is, you know, it's clearly a photo that they added stuff at the bottom. That's not the actual photo, I would bet, because it looks like the bottom stuff was added after the fact. The text light and magic doesn't look centered, and it's so close to the edge, it's giving me anxiety. (laughs) Like, I just wanted them to take the text and just go like this a little bit, like, just Mm. like three, four like hits on the arrow keys and just kind of oh my gosh it's driving me nuts that i don't being know what's said, driving you nuts about that it looks centered to me only the the fact that two words are bold and one isn't could be offsetting it it looks off-centered and then the the white letters don't look centered either hmm. and it's weird that you have like I, I don't, i'm not gonna yeah. get it. regardless <laughs> That that kind of stuff sticks out to me, but it's a really cool poster. Uh, The trailer, I'm super pumped about. You know, I love the behind the scenes stuff, as you guys already know, and and I love the the camera movements and directors. And I mean, our favorite, I think, collectively interview was probably Eunice Huthar, who's like behind the scenes type stunt work has been one of my favorite interviews that we've ever done. Um, So I definitely love the behind the scenes stuff. I am kind of proud that I've gotten to the point now that like I'll watch these things and I know people's faces now. Like obviously everybody knows Doug Chang, but like you see people and you're like, ah, yes. My favorite Mm. moment was John Knoll bringing up Photoshop. (laughs) I got like really excited about that because I love John Knoll and I love that he invented Photoshop because it's a prime example of what we're probably going to see a lot in this series is they didn't have something, so they just made it. They didn't have a way to do this, so they're just going to create it. And that, again, I I said this with our interview with Natalie Holt. It's like these people are on another level of creativity and just genius that I'm like, I I can't even imagine being at that level of genius. I mean, I'm creative in some ways, but not to that extent. Um, But I know that from Celebration 2019 when we had the Mandalorian panel with Jon Favreau. And he went through the whole process of them making the Razor Crest as a model and them shooting it in a room with like a whole track system. And like it was kind of this series of, hey, I want to do this. And then someone was like, hey, we should go get this guy down the hall that used to do models. And then they're like, hey, this guy heard you were doing this. So he wanted to join in. Hey, so-and-so said you were doing this. He actually has this piece that you need. And it reminded me a lot only because it just was a recent conversation that I'd listened to a couple of years ago to a lot of these conversations, which they had harped on during that panel of like, it was every all hands on deck. Everybody was working on everything. It wasn't like, oh, so-and-so is doing this and no one else can touch it. It was like, hey, let's all work together to solve these problems. And there's just something so wonderful about that, especially nowadays. It feels like a lot of times in the past years has been 
people have been really isolated or it's kind of felt at times that people aren't looking out for each other or, or working together. So to see something like this where you see that kind of like heartwarming, nice feeling, hey, let's do this teamwork high five moments. Um, it's going to be a joy to watch. I can't wait to watch it. It's, it's great to see George again. I didn't know I would like miss him so much until I saw him on screen talking about things excitedly. And I was like, oh my gosh, it's George. That it It is weird being such a big Star Wars fan. And we think of him sometimes as he's already passed because he's so reclusive, at the, you know, anymore. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, you were bringing up the thing about John Noel and the Photoshop and how it's it's crazy that we didn't have this thing that we needed to do the job, so we invented it. And oh my that gosh, immediately I use it every of, day. <laughs> it reminds me of like uh, they say Sir Isaac Newton. You know, he ha- had a problem and he didn't have a solution to the problem, so he invented calculus so that he mm. could solve the problem. Mm-hmm. And it's like, okay, well, you know, h- how big of a a ripple did that cause, you know, like him trying to solve one problem invents this thing. And it's like, that's happening. Like with that example, John Noel, like he, okay, we'll see what the problem was and how that came to be. But it's like creating the entire culture of like things being Photoshopped and edited in that sense is like, just that's changing the course of the entire world. You know, it's, it's mm-hmm. nuts. Mm-hmm. Um, this I this trailer I think actually and this is kind of weird to say because I was in the panel I got me more excited than being in the panel. <laughs> really? Yeah, I heard I, the panel was great though. The panel oh, was man. great, but I think there was sort of a sense of it was they showed some stuff and it's like it was like clips and it's like cool those were clips and then like these were all interviews and the interviews were great to listen to. But this was a trailer that was really like, get ready, it's coming. Uh, it's a six-part series. You're going to get to watch it, and it's it's edited really well. You know, like the, it, like a long-form interview versus like a television show and seeing how it's going to be all put together. I was like, dang, I, I can't wait to watch that. And I felt like I was more excited than I was walking. The panel was an experience, but the trailer got me excited for the show, if that makes sense. Sure. They almost felt like they were two separate things, like as if the panel itself was like an interview with all these great people. And I was like, wow, that was awesome. And then this was the announcement of a show. And I'm like, oh, wow, cool show, you know, kind of thing. Um, I really want to hang out with John Knoll. Like, I really he's on my list of like people that I want to hang out with. (laughs) Oh, Phil Tippett for me. My God. He's he's a. What's the right word? He's like really kooky, like in a funny way. Like he's like out there from what we've heard from Tom Spina and everything like, but mm-hmm. like in the best way. He just, he will naturally eviscerate any level of stuffiness in a room that shouldn't be stuffy. <laughs> and I just love that aspect of him. Like <laughs> he busted uh, Chris Connolly, the panel hosts chops because <laughs> like he started talking about something who is then, like, chris the... connelly am i blanking right now who is that he's like a he was on with mtv for a while he was like one of those like hosty host guys he's always like one of those a guys VJ? that they throw up there he wasn't yeah, even a vj he was just like a, he would host things mm. he was just a host and i feel like i know him, that name but i can't google, google him you'll be like go oh ahead. that guy yeah go ahead go ahead. He, he did a great job at the panel i so but it was funny because phil tippett just starts like going off the cuff about things and and then they put something up after the fact, and he's like, "Well, little did I know you guys were going to put that up." It so is now the guy I thought it was. Now, so. He's MTV News yeah. guy. Yeah, yeah, from like yeah. the '90s. Yeah. <clears throat> um, but uh, yeah, Phil Tippett, man, that that guy. I would love to have a drink and hang out with that guy because the stories he could probably tell, and just like them at that panel talking about calamari man, and that's why they got the name Mon Calamari. It's just like hilarious, you know. It's just it <laughs> reminds you that. This stuff was never that serious, and I, I love that so much. This guy, uh, Chris Connolly, looks like Michael Myers could play him. You mean Mike? <laughs> Mike Myers. Myers, yeah, yeah, yeah my bad. But um, <laughs> dun, 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 dun. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> what, Can what's I the tell movie? you? Is that Baby Driver where they where they all get? I do they get Mike Myers masks. Uh, what? Uh, Oh, they do Austin Powers mask. Yeah. Well, yeah. The, he says, oh get my Michael God. Myers, and, and they all get the Halloween mask or whatever. Or 
I think he has them all in Austin Powers masks. Yeah. Because he's like, right. he's like, Mike I Myers. did get Mike yeah. Myers masks. Yeah. Do you guys know I can do a really good impression of uh, Michael Myers from the movie Halloween? Oh, Ready? Go ahead. What is happening? This is a podcast. What did you just do? <laughs> I have no clue. Well, if you've ever watched I Halloween, watched that's all he does. You hear him breathing behind the mask. Yep, you, you weren't doing you anything. You were just yeah. It sounded like maybe there was a sound, and then maybe <laughs> oh, the... you didn't hear the breathing. You no, were just not sitting really. there. Yeah. <laughs> okay. We were both like, uh. <laughs> well, it might it, it might have recorded on my end, so hopefully it's yeah. fine. We'll see. We'll see how it turns out. I'll I might need to silence it's a, it for the joke. It's a great impression though. Great. Um, all right, let's actually talk about some Star Wars shows coming up. The first one, of course, being Andor, because it's next on the slate. Uh, we got some uh, news coming out of this as we got a little bit of information on who's writing, who's directing, and how they even kind of broke up the shows, you know, uh, saying, you know, we did it kind of in blocks. So the first season, like, worked really well. So in the second season now, then we're going to use that block system for each year as passes by so the first three episodes will be year five uh second three episodes will be year four year three year two and then the last four uh being um the the last year leading into rogue one the movie um so pretty cool uh lots of writers and directors announced and then we also got a couple of images uh from empire magazine and uh, one of them was posted online and another one was from the actual physical magazine themselves, um, which we don't really know a whole lot about. I, I sent it right before we did this. Uh, so I don't know if you guys saw the image or not, but we can talk about it when we get there. Lacey, what were your thoughts on the directors, writers that were announced or really just about any of the news that coming out of Andor? So the directors doing blocks of episodes is kind of cool because... Mm-hmm then they can it's like they can consistently keep going with certain scenes that probably play into each other which is why they did that um the writing thing is i'm getting anxiety about because (laughs) as we've seen from star wars when someone writes something and then hands it off to someone else no matter what you do it's going to have a different vibe because everyone writes and communicates differently that's just how we are as humans um the example I always give is like elementary school when you did that project where someone would write the beginning of a story, then they pass the paper to someone else who would write the middle of the story and then someone else who would write the end of the story. So I'm hoping that there is some type of, I'm hoping it's cohesive and it's not blatantly obvious that four different people wrote these episodes. I'm hoping not. Usually television is not as bad as a movie. Like when you have one movie and then another movie and another movie, it's like very different than episodes because tv episodes all the time have different writers and stuff so um but that being said i'm just so excited about this show Uh, all the work that's gone into it we know from talking about it for the past couple years of how many sets they built how many locations they shot at how many people are involved like all the different actors that are like you know we're talking top tier people And they're bringing back people from Rogue One. And I am really enjoying, um, we joked about it at the top with Tony Gilroy, but like he seems to really be leading the charge of making sure everything comes together. Like he seems to be kind of like leading the charge in that sense. And um, it's just nice. It, It seems like they really have a plan for this. Like it isn't like changing all the time. Um, I know that there are rewrites, that's normal, but it seems like they've had a vision for this show and they're seeing it through, even if it's taking a little bit longer than they would liked. I'm happy with that because I don't think anything should be rushed. Um, the pictures look great. It's just, it's hard to look at the pictures when we have a trailer. So yeah. I go back and watch the trailer and it's just so beautiful. Um, this might be the best shot Star Wars show, cinem- like cinematography wise. It's just, it's stunning. Mm-hmm. John, thoughts on Andor? Yeah, I mean, definitely teased, and, and everyone knows my feelings about Tony Gilroy. And I think, um, in a weird way, I don't think he gets enough credit for the success of Rogue One, which trends on Twitter every day. 
Um, it really he, does. Rogue One trends like all the time. He, and then people always tweet, is it trending? I'm going to tweet this. And I'm like, you tweet the same thing every time. Yeah, he <laughs> like I bring it up a lot because I think it's important. Like he, I think, saved that movie and, and made it great versus like, oh, I was all right. They like they did it with the plans. I get it. I think he he took it. He took it to the level it needed to be. And it's so many people's favorite, either favorite Star Wars movie or favorite of the Disney. I a watched lot. a yeah, YouTuber not, not today me. that was like, yeah, I dislike the Star Wars movie, but Rogue One, exceptional music, exceptional <laughs> movie. Like they just yeah. really went into it, and I was like, he they released this video like three years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, but. You know, they bring him back for this and then he, he he ends up being the showrunner and he's writing the first three and he's writing the last two. And his brother, Dan Gilroy, is writing four through six. So there's cohesiveness there. I was going to um, ask you if Dan was his brother, because sometimes, you know, people have the same last name, but they're not related. So, yeah. And fun fact, Dan Gilroy is married to Rene Russo for 30 years. How about that? Um, but Dan Russo? Gilroy did Nightcrawler. Just, I don't know if you guys know that Jake Gyllenhaal movie where he plays that sort of whacked out like photojournalist. For sure. Great movie. Um, and then Stephen Schiff is doing episode seven. He's, he's executive producer and writer on The Americans, which is a you know Russian spy uh, Cold, um, Cold War series um, with, uh, uh, what's her name? Who played? Carrie Zoe, Russell. Zoe Bliss. Carrie Russell, yeah. Um, so I like who they have in place and I like the fact that Gilroy bookended the series as the writer. So we know that for season one and and hearing him talk about the whole plan, there's a structure and plan in place for this series, which there has to be because it has to lead up into Rogue One. Mm -hmm. He told us it's going to lead literally right up till Ring of Kafreen. So we're going to probably see the last shot's going to be him going there or arriving there. Landing. Yeah. Yeah. But for season one alone, which takes place uh, over the course of just one year in the timeline, Gilroy's bookending it. So we know that there's going to be a solid structure and and reasoning for things we see in the first three episodes that may pay off in 11 and 12. I like that. And I just have a lot of trust in him as a showrunner. He exudes a lot of confidence. And I think Star Wars needs that right now. And I think this is going to be one of those series that... Um, I mean, a lot of people are doing this thing I'm, I'm noticing on Twitter and I almost tweeted about it today, but I'm trying to be better about tweeting my opinions because I just don't like dealing with like flack for people. But it's like people like people are sleeping on Andor. I'm like, I don't think anybody's sleeping on Andor. I think everybody's just confident in Andor. It's like one of those things where like it's coming and I'm not worried about it. So I'm just going to wait till it gets here and it's going to be awesome. Yeah, because it's I think like, it there's looks no... so good. People aren't like saying like, uh oh, get ready for Andor to fail. Like and yeah, it's there's no all the, fear. The, and, yeah. and 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 yeah, visually is one thing because I think without question, you know, we saw the trailer and we knew, like Lacey brought up, there was a lot of location shooting on this. They did it in the UK. I believe most of the directors are from the UK. I think all three, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, they had to. Some people had to stop doing it right because of COVID. They had, sh- they had to shift episodes yeah. around. Yeah, yeah. Um, I believe Toby Haynes was originally going to do That's the first what, yeah. few and he had yeah, to he drop got moved out around yeah COVID. well it's yeah, still but, he's still listed as doing the first three so toby haynes is doing one two three and eight nine and ten cool. so maybe yeah he, they move stuff they move stuff around yeah. but either way there's just every aspect of it i think is going to be very cinematic um and people are going to then use that and try to weaponize it against other star wars stuff like obi-wan which I, I I'm not a fan of doing. I don't I don't like the idea of like, well, this Star Wars that I like is better than this Star Wars. It's just mm-hmm. like that that doesn't make sense. We make fun of Marvel. Like talk about how Andor is better than, you know, like Ms. Marvel or something. I don't know. But like leave Star Wars alone. Okay. Let's not fight Star Wars with Star Wars. But the the my last thought on it is that people aren't sleeping on this show. I, I think people are just confident that it's in good hands. It's never really had too much drama. Uh, they know what they're getting with Tony Gilroy based on what he did in Rogue One. A lot of people haven't brought this up. Like um, Michael Clayton, you know, that, uh, it's a 15-year-old movie now. But, you know, Tony Gilroy was nominated for directing and writing that movie. So it's mm-hmm. just, I, I think you can say what you want about Kathleen Kennedy and some of the people that she chooses to bring in for these projects. But I would say... If Tony Gilroy wants to keep getting involved in Star Wars, um, let him because it seems like he has a real good grasp of this thing. 
and he doesn't need his hand held and mm-hmm. he doesn't need to be told like i don't think he takes any you know what from people he's like no i'm this is what we're doing like this is the show <laughs> you know i feel like he's right. got this thing and he's a true and true showrunner on the level of like favreau like i don't think kathleen kennedy's like john do you think we should he's like just i got i think don't worry i think sometimes like some of the people that they brought in have been a little bit like iffy like unsure like is kathleen kennedy gonna approve of this or not right um whereas it's like she probably will but you're not you're being iffy about it or something like that and he just whatever he's decided he's like this is the way i think we're gonna go and of course kathleen is behind it kind of thing because it just happens to be right similar to he has a great track record He's no spring chicken. He's been around the block. He is an Academy Award nominated uh, film director and writer. And he has a proven track record with Star Wars too. He, for you, Kathleen Kennedy's probably like, you kind of bailed us out on that one. So you kind of get free capital here, car blanche. And I, my full faith. And I think mm-hmm. that's the right move. So mm-hmm. uh, I, th- th- there's nothing bad I could say about Andor. No one's sleeping on it. I think everyone's just really comfortable knowing that it's going to be good when it comes out. Um, one thing I, I noticed uh, when I was looking at the different directors and, you know, projects that they've worked on is that Susanna Wright, uh, White has also worked with Stellan Skarsgård and Ewan McGregor, which I thought was interesting. Oh, cool. Um, yeah, in a very, in a specific movie uh, where they were both cast as like the lead and support. Uh, and then the other thing that I thought was interesting about the way that these were all structured is that uh, it seemed very straightforward with one, two, three being one director, four, five, six being another director, uh, eight, nine, uh, eight, nine, and 10 being one director. So there is kind of like uh, blocked there. But then one of the directors is doing seven and then 11 and 12. And I'm like, something crazy is happening in seven uh, because they they wanted the person who's directing the finales, the last block, the 11 and 12, to also come back and do that seventh epi- episode, which is basically right in the middle of the season. So something seems like it's really crazy happening and there. Also, and I'm backed up with that. Go ahead. Oh, finish your thought then. That's fine. The writers, if you look at all the writers... They're blocked one, two, three, and then four, five, six, 11 through 12, eight and 10, but they brought in one specific writer to do episode seven. So I'm like, there's something happening in episode seven that's going to be pretty nuts because they needed re- they needed that one to punch. Yeah. So well, it look, got me excited look, for that kind of like mid-season. And that's Stephen mm-hmm. Schiff, who's done True Crime. He did Lolita, Americans. So... That might be like one of the bigger spy espionage cat and mouse episodes Action or something like that. Episodes. Yeah. Could be. Yeah. yeah. Um, just uh my takeaways from that. Um I also I also noticed or I didn't notice, but somebody pointed out that there's uh in the background of the Mon Mothma photo, it looks like we have the um like Hera's family heritage heirloom. It's not necessarily hers. It's like a Twi'lek heirloom, but it was a big part in Rebels. So it's kind of, uh, it's one of those things where you're, when you're looking at like uh, Dryden Voss's lair, you're like, yeah. oh, what's that? What's that? What's that? And it's like, just happens wherever she is at the moment happens to have this I like heirloom I did see this there. picture. And I remember thinking in my head, why does Disney keep making collectors in all of their stuff from Guardians of the Galaxy to Dryden Voss to this guy in this picture? Like, why is everybody collecting all these things and all these franchises? I don't know. Like, it's always a huge plot. Like, they're like, oh, we have to go get this item from this collector. And you're like, again? Mon Mothman is like, that was Cham Sandula's thermos. And yeah. <laughs> you cannot drink out of it. Um, we got a little bit of uh, more uh, live action. I'm drinking out of a thermos. That's why. <laughs> Star Wars needs to talk about uh, Ahsoka, right? Uh, Ahsoka's coming up. And there was uh, an interview specifically with. Um, uh, shoot, now I can't think of her name. What's her name? Uh, Rosario Dawson. Uh, well, Rosario Dawson, but yeah, she was. She, did the interview as well. She had some thoughts on how Ahsoka pops up uh, in certain shows and how she's been involved thus far, but how she's going to actually be uh, approached for her own series. And then Natasha um, Lou Bordizo. That's who I was thinking. She also brought in her thoughts on Sabine and how she is 
and and this particular story is while you've watched Rebels, uh, you can watch this on your standalone because Sabine is fearless and brave, yes, uh, but she still has her flaws and she's still making mistakes. So it kind of gave us a little bit of insight into how this show might play out. Uh, John and Bounce, back at you first. Uh, what are your thoughts on uh, these comments from the two Ahsoka actresses? Yeah, so two things. One, Well, three things. One, I love Rosario Dawson. Just saw the Clerks 3 trailer. I'm a little nervous about Epic. it, but I'll be there opening day. Love you, Kevin Smith. Glad you're still here. Um, two, I like that they're sort of saying, you know and love these characters, but you don't know where ahsoka is now you haven't seen her like this in this headspace or this mentality yet so we're gonna get in other words like i think that's a good way of saying ahsoka's been in more star wars content than anybody there's a lot she has a a a really well beginning to end at this point like fleshed out story there's a lot of ahsoka in star wars most of it obviously in animation Um, But she's saying, like, we're going to get a fresh point of her life now where it's not just going to be like, oh, there's Ahsoka. She just happens to be in live action. So I'm interested to see, you know, what that means compared to what we already saw from her in Mando and Book of Boba Fett. Um, And then on the other side of it, you have Bordizo talking about Sabine saying she is fearless and brave, but she's still making a lot of mistakes. Um, So... I wonder if Sabine's going to be sort of what so she does something that sort of triggers uh, the story into motion beyond what we're expecting, which is just Ahsoka going to find Thrawn to find Ezra, um, which I would like because I feel like a lot of fans think they have this story already figured out because it's going to be the Rebels sequel and, and let's find Ezra and then let's all hug at the end sort of thing. So I I like that that this sort of puts a question in my mind like oh what does that mean like you know what is what's the mistakes that bean's gonna make let's uh let's find that out so maybe they split up and and they do that sort of thing but the the other one i gotta laugh at a little bit which i see all the time now with uh top gun especially you know even just recently with our patrons it was it's like do i need to see the original and then the answer is always no 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 you don't need you don't worry about that you don't need just come see it Come watch it. Watch the new thing. Watch it. You'll get it. And it's just like, that's obviously just because they don't want to shun out people who feel the pressure or or the the, the slog of having to catch up with all this stuff. You got to see Rebels before you see this show, in my opinion. Just mm-hmm. you got to get an understanding of where these characters came from and why it's so important that they're going to find try to find this kid and how we got like, I, I just don't understand how people can say that. Even with Top Gun, I'm like, you gotta go see. You have to see the first Top Gun before you see Top Gun Maverick. You it's just like don't. But I get what you're saying. Yes, you do. And and why wouldn't you? You know, like we. Oh, I don't have an hour and forty minutes to watch this movie. It's like, yeah, Rebels is long, but at least get caught up and understand the story because it'll be such a bigger payoff if you do. Uh, I understand why the actors say it. They're probably PR instructed to sort of pepper that in there when people ask that question because you want to get everybody involved you want it to be the big party not just oh you like the animation then come watch this it's smart makes sense but at least understand the story of rebels maybe uh i don't know that that's that's my take on that so not 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 too ex- too many of expanded thoughts but those are my three big things on this one yeah required viewing is always tricky because i'm like <laughs> i don't know why you're going to see the third lord of the rings movie when you haven't seen the first two you know what i mean it's like how can you could skip certain, the second one honestly <laughs> like my thoughts like how can you even how, what person is going into this hoping that the movie is going to stand on its own now i i think it's fair that this show probably will stand on its own to some degree but but i think that it's very evidential that you should have the knowledge of how that goes into because it's just going to be elevated to a level that most people watching the show are probably, well, I don't, I don't know, maybe not. Maybe most people have not seen Rebels, you know, because it'll be a live action right. Disney Plus series. So most probably will not. So you have to think that they're trying to do that angle. But anybody who has seen Rebels is probably going to appreciate the show a lot more, yeah. a lot more. Yeah. Lacey, what are your thoughts on um, 
uh, the comments here. Man, I could not disagree with you guys more. I, I think that this, specifically about watching Rebels before this show, I, I honestly don't think you're going to need to. I, I don't think Disney is banking on people are going to watch it. I think they're banking on The Mandalorian and that you got introduced to Ahsoka through The Mandalorian if you're a general casual fan and that you don't know who Ahsoka is before But do this. you need to watch 4, 5, and 6 before watching The Mandalorian? No. You do not. Absolutely not. And there do are you, people that... Do you think that it I've, is better if okay. you've seen it? That, that's what we're saying. We're not saying it's required I, I, viewing. Look, dude, I understand. Yeah. I'm saying that John was saying that you should watch it before you... You know, he thinks that you should because you're going to get more out of it. And I don't think that's the case. I think that there's a lot of Star Wars fans that started with The Mandalorian. I think mm -hmm. there's a lot of Star Wars fans that started with The Force Awakens that don't know anything prior to that and they don't want to, and that's fine. I think that this show, her comment, I honestly don't think is a PR move. I think she's genuinely saying like, hey, if you don't want to see it, you don't have to see it. And that's just my opinion. Um, I think that this show... My concern with it going into it is that just like every other show we've watched so far, like Obi-Wan Kenobi or even Mandalorian, and I remember when they it leaked that Ahsoka was in the show, I had this kind of concern was people have a lot of history with Ahsoka and they have a lot of knowledge of where, what she's gone through. Um, and a lot of people love the Clone Wars or Rebels or whatever. So there's a lot of kind of emotions and history there that people have taken to a personal level of like that's my character um so i genuinely think that these two characters when we see them in the show yes are there going to be easter eggs of course are there going to be moments that call back to certain things sure but i don't think it's going to be to a point that you're going to be missing out if you don't know that other stuff because they want to give you something completely brand new so that if you are seeing these characters and they're not the voice actors that you expect and it's not those people that, you know, some people are still annoyed that Ashley's not Ahsoka and stuff, you're not going to get that with this show because it's a completely fresh new take on Ahsoka and that's, I think, what it should be. So I don't think you need to watch Rebels. Am I going to watch Rebels before I watch this? Again? Yes. Absolutely. I'm going to refresh myself before I go in so I can pick up on certain things. Do I think you have to? No. Yeah. Do I correct if I'm wrong, John? Uh, yeah. yeah. Did you? I, I wasn't trying to I, force people. Yeah. What you saying? Yeah. My, you both were kind of intense about it. No, no, no. Like you have to see this. I feel like I'm saying exactly the same thing you're saying in the sense that nobody. I don't think any of us are saying that it's required. You won't understand what you're watching unless you watch Rebels, but we're saying you should because it's going to be better. Eh. Yeah, I'm 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 kind of like you're going to like it if you like it. There are so many new fans that have popped up since the Mandalorian started that have either gone back and watched stuff in Star Wars or just been in the Mandalorian Mandoverse type stuff that mm -hmm. I honestly don't think you need to, you know, jump over different shows, different timelines if you don't want to. And I think they're going to present a show <clears throat> that you don't need to do that. Um. Yeah, I mean, I to to be honest with you, I don't particularly have any thoughts on this. It see everything seemed right to me. It seemed like they uh, were setting up Sabine as, uh, you know, Sabine has had four seasons of an arc. You know, she went from this character mm -hmm. to this character by the end. So why do we need to see another show with her? She's already figured everything out by the end of it. And I was like, I, I, I think all they're saying here is no, is that she doesn't necessarily, she doesn't have everything figured out. She's not um you know the old wise character anymore so it, but i felt like that was already going to be the case when they announced that she was actually i you know it when they show the end of rebels and she's there getting ready to go on another journey i was like i don't know if that's going to be in a book or a comic or another animated show or whatever they're going to do with it but very clearly when that story gets told sabine is going to be a character that is the the main driver you know and so um it's it's very important that she also is uh having her own arc there so it's like i know she's going to make mistakes in this she's probably going to be pretty driven to to get ezra back she'll probably be angry you know that he's still gone and that you know he just left and made those decisions without her you know kind of lied to her in order to to win the day do you think uh, when she finally sees ezra she greets him angrily 
<laughs> maybe like uh <laughs> like Maverick <King. laughs> and uh what's his name who's it who's the son uh Rooster Rooster, Rooster that's right yeah like pushes him down like so he runs yeah. up pushes him down <laughs> um yeah, so let's move on to uh, quickly for our last story here, and that's that Carl Weathers was uh, talking briefly about The Mandalorian Season 3 uh, in an interview. He was asked you know, about the show and about uh, the costumes and about uh, his directing uh, and how he you know, is looking forward to or what can we look forward to in your episodes uh, that are in Season 3 and how do they compare to the episodes in Season 2. There was a lot said here. I'm going to bounce back at you, Lacey, um, on your thoughts for Carl Weathers and what he said about Mandalorian Season 3. I love that Carl is so honest in every interview. Like, he doesn't give stuff away, but, like, he's not hiding anything either. And he's Mm -hmm. always the first one to tweet stuff out being like, we've wrapped. (laughs) Like, I was grief cargo today. (laughs) Like, he's just so open about the whole process. Um, I had to laugh that he said, I love directing. It's my passion. Because it makes me think of that meme that's, like, graphic design is my passion. And it's, like, Comic Sans. (laughs) (laughs) But that's... (laughs) On the side, but uh, I I really enjoy how much he's enjoying the process of being a part of the Mandalorian. He came in as an actor and he did such a great job. And then they expand it into directing, and they're continuing that. He's clear that that that's what he loves to do, and I I appreciate that they're letting him do that because they could have told him no. They could have told all these people no. But John Favreau believes in the people that he chooses for his team. And there's something really um, charming about that, about him being able to talk about the way he talks about it and experience these things. Um, And there's also this element of he's seeing these dreams through and, and doing things like directing later in his life. And there's just this nice feeling of it doesn't matter what age you are, like, go ahead, pursue those passions and those dreams and those goals, because you have the time you have like take advantage of it and i really love that because you know i have a lot of goals and dreams and stuff and i'm always like oh my god is it too late it's never too late and i and i when i see stories like this i just get really pumped because i'm like yes there's plenty of time um i did get excited that they talked about how this season had more action um I really love the action sequences for the Mandalorian, especially in season one, like a lot of the fist fights and stuff with the stunt guys. So I'm I'm pumped to see where they go with this one. Mm-hmm. John, thoughts on Carl Weathers? I mean, I've always loved Carl Weathers, so I, it's just I'm I'm just so happy that he's you know still in the mix here. Um, I think didn't he direct the episode with Jeans Guy and <laughs> edited it out? Yeah, he his. did. Yeah, he funny. did. So I wonder if they're going to like, it'd be funny if they did some sort of like self-aware nod to that, but I know they waxed out Jeans Guy in the like yeah. edits, but. Imagine if you um, were Jeans Guy though, you're like, oh man. I know. Me. Yeah. I think I mean, we, you're we, always we, naming we, like Jeans Kevin or Guy. Something. Yeah. I should, they, but, I think they should have left it in. Who cares? I know. But um, yeah, I mean, L- Lacey made great points about the fact that it is inspiring seeing someone, you know, who already sort of. You know, he could have just put a bow on his career and said like, oh, I'll just do a few more things and then retire. But he's like, yeah, no, dialed I want to yeah. try directing now at age 67 or whatever it was, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and that's really cool because he sounds very passionate about directing. It's not just one of those things where he's like, oh, they're letting Carl Weathers direct. He's like, no, I, I really love this. Um, and that's really cool because who knows, you know, maybe something I'm not into now is something in 20, 20, 30 years, I'll be like, wow, I just realized that's my, you know, passion or something. So I I do agree, Lacey. That is very cool that he said um, that sort of stuff. I felt the same way about the footage we saw or trailer, whatever you want to call it for um, Mando season three about Andor. It, it almost feels like Favreau liked the way he was telling his sort of uh, tribute to Saturday afternoon serial type stuff, but then saw maybe footage from Andor or even maybe some Kenobi stuff. And he's like, we got to step it up a notch here because it does feel way more like a movie in some of the big wide shots that they have coming into this series that I don't think I recall seeing at all in The Mandalorian. Um, And the one that keeps standing out to me for some reason is that long hallway shot 
of uh, Bo-Katan on the throne. And I'm just sort of, I keep thinking about her and, and what they're going to do with her character because I, I think there, there's a real interesting opportunity there um, with that character. So, um, we'll see what, uh, what they come up with. Uh, I'm just glad to know that Grief Karg is back and that Carl Weathers is, is enjoying being a part of this because there's nothing better for me, like I always say, than people who are established, um, who are in Star Wars and involved in Star Wars, but also, um, love that they are. I think that's, that is really important to me as a fan. Yeah. I, I don't know what I could add to what you guys think because I agree with everything, um, said before me. The one thing that I can give my own kind of example to back that up is ever, ever since he's been on the show, I've always kind of thought of him as Carl Weathers, the actor and how he, you know, has been involved in so many other things before this, that in a way he kind of has that right to be like, well, I'm Carl Weathers sort of thing. And he's never really had that approach because I think he's thinking of himself as a director and also, Hey, I'll be in the show too. Um, I think he's thinking of himself as a director and because he's sort of new to the scene in that regard, he's always uh, treated himself with a lot of humility when it comes to the uh, interviews uh, and how he's been, you know, he's asked about these things and he's like, oh, you know, I did my best (laughs) and kind of thing. Like I really tried to make it as good as I can. Um, So I've kind of uh, appreciated that in the sense that like it's it's kind of strange to hear someone who's been involved for so long as one thing and we all know them as one thing trying something new and they're very real about the fact that they're still learning how to do that thing um similarly with bryce dallas howard um you know like everybody knows her as the actress bryce dallas howard but she's talking about the mandalorian from a directive uh point of view so it's interesting um but yeah, that's it uh, for the Resistance Report this week. I'm going to send it to you, Lacey, for our next section. What are we doing? All right, guys, it's time for the Patreon pod race. So there are lots of ways you can support us. You can like this video, comment, subscribe, follow us on all the audio platforms like Spotify or Apple Podcasts. Please leave us a review if you get a chance. It helps us out um, on Twitter at RBATSWNN or on Instagram at The Resistance Broadcast. But if you want more, including extra videos, live streams, uh, Discord access, much, much more, you can head over to patreon.com slash resistance broadcast. Starting at just $2 a month, you support what we're doing here. You say, hey. I like that you talk about Star Wars. Here's two dollars, and you get to be a part of the page buy you and watch, yeah, and uh, watch what we're doing and and get updates from us. And and we have so many other things that we're going to be doing with the Andor series and throughout the next year. Um, but yeah, so this is the part of the show where our generals and spice owners get to take part. We ask them a question, they give us an answer. It's a good time. Uh, so we're going to say thank you to those people first. So thank you to our generals, Carmelo, John Reese, Jetta Rosewater, Paul Olson, Frank Grande, Darth Hurricane, John Charlton, Nick Kratz, Christian Morales, Brian Smith, Matt Chitty, Danny, Mike Ramori, Matt Heath, Chris White, Brendan McLaughlin, Count Pepto, Sam, oh my God, Sam, I am blanking right now. You sent me a video about it too. Samuel Zilke and Valtrichkov. I'm so sorry, Sam. <laughs> thank you guys so much. And we have our Spice Runners. David Probus, Neil Shaw, Kendall Gellner, Ryan Wara, Dave Hornack, Micah Harrison, Thomas Hennessy, who did an awesome spice run. Uh, mm. Definitely go check it out. Andrew Staley and Jeremy Myers. Thank you guys so much for keeping it spicy. Mm-hmm. This week we have... <laughs> Spoiler alert, I'm seeing what it says here. So what uh, is it, Zilke? I'm blanking right now what it was. He made me a video and sent it to me. <laughs> I'm blanking. I think there was another name that I did the same thing for one time where I was like, I oh, specifically no. went back to when they typed and it made out sure and I, yeah, was going to yeah. do it right. And then when I got to it in the episode, I was like, uh, Samuel, you're the best. Uh, I love you. And I'm really sorry. Okay. So the question this week <laughs> for Spice Runner, Graybeard, David, Proby1, Probus. You're welcome. <laughs> is with Andor debuting late next month, what are you most excited about for that series? Ooh. So, Proby One Kenobi, take it away. What's up, TRB fam? Tell me you're a TRB fan without telling me you're a TRB fan. Make Solo 2 happen? Jacked fish. <laughs> What's up, y'all? It's Greybeard. Uh, so let's talk Andor. 
Uh, I think the thing I'm most excited about Andor is seeing the early rebellion, uh, seeing how he got to where we he was when we saw him in Rogue One. Um, I want to see you know what his struggle has been, what the fight has been since he was six, uh, and it's it's always cool to see like the early rebellion. So that's what I'm most excited about for Andor. Um, it looks really cool. The cinematography looks really cool, and it looks. Uh, it looks like it's going to be bigger, grander, so that's uh, that's encouraging. Anywho, hope y'all are doing well. Graybeard is out. Awesome job, David. John, what did you think? Well, first of all, how did you do a pod race and not have a fan blowing on the, the beard? That's what I'd like to know. Um, Aww, don't don't blow him up on like that. Put him on the spot. <laughs> how dare you, David? Um no, uh, first of all, I love that uh, you got the the care package. Uh, I love seeing the mix hole to having sticker and of course the jackfish button. Very cool, man. Um, yeah, I I mean your answer makes a lot of sense. Uh, you know, we've been speculating and 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 I've thought that we may even start this series off by seeing little six year old Cassian running around or something like that, and um horrible things happen to his family as they like to do in star wars but um the mom is totally dead <laughs> yeah moms moms don't do very well in star wars they do but, not. or disney in general right but yeah. as um, a new mom it's uh, maybe maybe they'll flip it. maybe they'll flip it for cassie and the dad dies and and the mom lives and then it's supposed to echo Jin. who knows maybe mm. maybe but uh, yeah, you're right. You know, you know, we've been saying that uh, just a few minutes ago about how how grand this is probably going to be. So I think you're right on the money there. And uh, the trailer was really cool. I actually have to give it a couple more rewatches because it's, it's been a while since I uh, just sat down and really took a look at that trailer. Um, but thanks for all the support as always. Great job as always. And uh, I'll uh, see you on our call. Uh, which is coming up soon, mm-hmm. uh, among other things, uh, over on Patreon and, of course, in the chat. Thanks, buddy. James? Yep. Yeah, as always, man, great great job on the pod race. Uh, very fun. You know I'm excited for Andor. It's good to hear that you're excited, too. Trailer does look gigantic. It looks big. It looks very exciting. Um, man, I just I just love that, you know, you, you rep the podcast, too, like all the time with all the stuff. It's very cool. That's cool. Uh, yeah, thank you for all that, man. And uh, great like I said, great pod race. Good job. David, you're just so awesome. And uh, you're just one of those people that always makes me laugh and like has such a positive attitude. And it's just like so refreshing <laughs> to know another Star Wars fan that is just so wonderful like you are. Um, I do like your answer. I love that you're showing our merch. We're glad you got the box. Um, and casting is going to be epic. Back to you, John. All right. Well, we're sort of up on time, so uh, we're not going to keep talking to each other. Enough already, you know? <laughs> so, uh, thank you to everybody for listening and watching. Being a part of TRB, we love you dearly. Hope your summers are going well. Uh, like Lacey said, make sure you're subscribed, but also spread the word about the podcast. There's a lot of Star Wars fans. Like Lacey brought up before, some people just started Star Wars with The Mandalorian and stuff like that. If you have a friend who just got into Star Wars, be like, dude... Do you know about podcasts? Do you know that there's Star Wars podcasts? Check out the Resistance broadcast. Let's listen to it together. Let's do that. Spread the word. It's the best way we can grow. So thank you for that. Also, StarWarsNewsNet.com. That's where you got to go for all of your Star Wars news, reviews, editorials, information, and more from an honest fan perspective. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Johnny Hoey, writing and editing at Star Wars NewsNet, and my movie podcast, Just Like the Movies. We're going to be doing Fugitive uh tomorrow should be coming out tomorrow so check that out the harrison ford fugitive i think i don't one from care like 1960, but yeah i know i didn't kill my wife <laughs> what a movie i can't wait to rewatch that um james what's up uh you can find me on twitter and instagram both at myra trunks yes we can lacy you can find me on twitter and instagram at lacy gellerin all right folks we will be back with you on our normal schedule thursday with a discussion episode and we'll let you know what that's all about as we get closer probably around wednesday evening or so but until then enjoy your weeks and get your slurpees and we'll see you next time right here on the resistance broadcast see you around kids